You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. It's that time again. Something told me to turn on the radio. It's showtime! This is great. It's a nice break. This guy, Todd. Mondays through Friday. Getting restless. Five to seven. All right, I'm listening. Let's start the show. It's the Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call me now. 937-457-1290. Locally grown. Seriously funny. On WHIO. It is the Evening Edge, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7. What a big day here. WHIO, we got mulched. We got our mulch. It's always an exciting day. That means spring is almost here. And that lovely aroma of freshly spread mulch. And uh, also, if you missed the newscast a few minutes ago, Ron Otto, probably the most important story of the day, it is officially coyote mating season. So be on the alert of, if you hear this, when you're outside with your uh, puppies and your kitties, or maybe your kids, run back inside. Just run back inside uh, because the coyotes uh, could be waiting for you around the uh, around the bush. Right. Uh, so anyway, tonight on the show, of course, it is uh, leap day. And this is uh, the day that only happens uh, once every four years. And one of the traditions and this is kind of a, you know, it's a universal thing. People know about this is that uh, in uh, British and Irish tradition on this day. This is the day that women are allowed. Well, of course, they're always allowed. But at one time, they weren't. Uh, propose marriage to their partner. Usually, traditionally, it's the men proposing to the women. Uh, but back in uh, the year 1288, it sort of became a thing in, uh, in Great Britain where on this day, Women could propose to their partner. And the story is uh, the patroness saint of Ireland was able to convince St. Patrick to allow women to propose to men once every four years because they were tired of, comp- uh, tired of waiting for guys to get off the pot, right, and get to it, which, you know, that hasn't changed. <laughs> you know, a lot of men... Uh, it takes them a little more time to get to that point. I was that way with Mary. Uh, she was ready to marry me 
uh, long before I was ready to marry her. Uh, but it never got to that point where she was going to ask me to marry her. I don't think so. I don't think so. Because the guy asking the gal is a, a, is a pretty hardcore tradition here in the States. And I would imagine it's that way around the world. But being that today is Leap Day, and this is the tradition of women asking their partners, their men, uh, to marry them, I'd be curious to know if any of the edgeheads out there actually did that. If you're a lady edgehead, a lady edgehead, uh, did you ask your husband, or maybe a former husband, uh, to marry you? I would bet that we don't find anybody. I mean, maybe, maybe, but I just, I don't know. I'd be interested to, uh, to know the story. Uh, the way uh, this particular superstition reads is that, uh, according to Scottish tradition, women who were proposing to their men also had to wear a red petticoat while proposing. Love that. Love that. Who doesn't love a red petticoat? Uh, also, uh, if the man turned down the lady's proposal, he had to reimburse the woman uh, that they rejected with gifts. In particular, gloves. So it would hide their fingerless, or their fingerless, their ringless finger. Or they were fined. So that's kind of interesting. Little uh, history there on uh, Leap Day. So if you, uh, if maybe you, you happen to be somebody who uh, asked your husband to marry you, I'd love to hear from you. 937-457-1290. Uh, we also have this going on. Start the car. Your crash car. In local news, a spectacular car crash. Car, house, house car. Well, we had another car crash into a building today. If you are keeping track... We are at number 25 for the year, number 25, and uh, it happened at the Muffler Man on Salem Avenue in Trotwood. I don't know exactly what time. The, uh, the details are a bit sketch. So maybe if you live in that area or you went by uh, sometime this morning on Salem Avenue, that's a, that's a highly traveled road. And you know where uh, the Muffler Man is, not to be confused with the Muffin Man. But the muffler man, uh, maybe you can uh, enlighten us, enlighten us, 937-457-1290. And by the way, our Cars into Building tally list is sponsored by the good folks at Tires Unlimited. Uh, it's family-focused. Uh, they provide a safe and comfortable atmosphere where families know they will be cared for and treated right. And this is a great place to go because, you know, I did a remote there, a radio remote, did my show live uh, just before the holidays. And, you know, you go to, to, to a lot of places uh, for car repair or get your tires fixed or changed or whatever. And you don't want to take your kids because there's never anything for them to do. Like if you're a mom and you got to run to, uh, to, to, to get your tires taken care of, what are you going to do with your kid? Well, they actually have a play area for the kids with uh, some activities and a TV. And it's just kind of a comfortable place to go. So. Uh, you might try uh, Tires Unlimited. Find them at tiresunlimited.net. Uh, 937-457-1290. We've also got a crazy teacher story. And I thought, 
literally the worst teacher ever. You're a really shitty <laughs> teacher. No such thing, uh, bad student, only bad teacher. We've uh, we've done You're this. A oh, joke. You're the worst Sorry. teacher I've ever had. Uh, we've done this before, where we're, sometimes we uh, we have a, a story about a teacher that did something really crazy in the classroom, and we open it up to uh, phone calls as to the crazy things that maybe you experienced your teacher doing in class. Uh, this is a uh, teacher in New Mexico. Now, this happened a couple of years ago, but it, it's just this week that the uh, the family of the student uh, filing a lawsuit against the uh, the school board there. Uh, this happened at Volcano Vista High School in Albuquerque. Back in May of 2022, uh, a family says that a teacher who has since been fired brought two sharpened swords to her class and organized an in-class sword fight between students. Now, you know, I don't know if this is one of those instances, and we've had the story where there have been teachers um, creating fight scenarios in their classroom and recording it and putting it up on the TikTok. So I don't know if if that's what the purpose was here, but apparently she uh, she let a couple of students spar with actual swords. Now, the students were not given protective equipment. Uh, the victim uh, was slashed across the arm by her opponent, resulting in a deep laceration across, uh, across her right hand and wrist. Um, the teacher, upon realizing the severity of the injury, apparently screamed, I'm in trouble. <laughs> no kidding, sister. And then uh, ordered all the students to delete the videos of the sword fights. Uh, the lawsuit then says school officials took about 30 minutes before calling 911. While this student, this 16-year-old kid, uh, I guess at the time, if this was a couple of years ago, it was probably 14, uh, was bleeding. She had a giant gash on her arm from a sword. And it took them 30 minutes to call the uh, 911. Uh, she was taken to a hospital and underwent surgery. But she never fully healed. They say that she suffered uh, permanent uh, severed nerves and tendons. So nerve damage and tendon damage. And according to her lawyer, she feels pain every day from it. They also say in addition to allowing the students to fight with real swords. Sounds like a really screwy like uh, gym class activity. We've replaced dodgeball with sword fighting. Uh, the lawsuit says the school's assistant principal covered up what happened, writing in a report that the accident occurred during a, quote, lesson on metal and melding. <laughs> but they were, they were uh, fighting each other with the swords. Uh, the teacher was fired a few months later, and uh, school officials are not commenting on this uh, lawsuit that was just filed. But uh, yeah, if you had, you know, if you had some sort of crazy activity or some sort of crazy experience in a classroom with a teacher, I'd love to hear it. 937-457-1290. It's the Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now. 937-457-1290. Or message him at Evening Edge Todd. Locally grown. Seriously funny. On WHIO. 
Well, he has quite the reputation. The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now, 937-457-1290 or message him at Evening Edge Todd. Locally grown, seriously funny on WHIO. Back here on the Evening Edge, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7. You can watch the live stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Stitch. And you can send me an email at uh, eveningedgetodd at gmail.com or message me at eveningedgetodd. Talking about this teacher in New Mexico who uh, was fired and the school is now being sued because she allowed uh, a couple of kids in her class to fight each other with swords. Real swords! They they weren't even given, like, uh, protective gear. Wasn't one of those rubber tip swords. These are like real swords. I've also noticed a lot of stories recently of uh, people who uh, get busted, you know, whether it's with drugs or committing a crime or something, where uh, they're using machetes. And I'm seeing machetes more and more in the news. I remember as a kid, machetes were, you'd hear about them, but you'd only see them on TV, like in, you know, movies or whatever. And it was always somebody going through the bush with their machete. Now it's out on the street. People uh, apparently are into machetes now. Kind of a trendy tool. Uh, Dale in Riverside. Hey, Dale. Hey, man. How are you? I'm doing great today. I got tomorrow off. Awesome. That's nice. That's nice. And uh, I heard you talking about the teacher story, and I have one I have to share. Yes, let's hear it. Okay, so we're a group of high school kids. This goes back a little ways now. This is uh, in the 80s. Okay. And there's a whole group of us uh, in a one of those. You remember the customized vans? They had a sink and a couple captain's chairs and oh, yeah. a teardrop yeah. window. Yeah, those are sweet. Uh, those are I sweet. get to the, the teacher thing, but there's a bunch of us in there. We've been hanging around Snyder Park in Springfield and drinking beer. I knew you'd like it because it has beer in it. Were you smoking doobies? I can't comment on that. <laughs> All right. Go so ahead. So we're, we're driving home from Snyder Park in Springfield, heading for New Carlisle, and we pop over a hill, and there's a car going much slower. We went to try and swerve around him but didn't do it. We, we clipped the car and ended up going in the ditch and oh, taking no. out a few mailboxes and Right. You know, and yeah. So yeah. it wasn't pretty, but the teacher involvement is this: we hit the driver's ed teacher. <laughs> wow. So you know, of course, we're in the ditch. Everybody climbs out. We were all yeah. okay. Right. And uh, you know, we're carrying away the empty beers and tossing them <laughs> in the ditch. You know, the case of Little Kings and uh, Little Kings cream ale. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, we we didn't get in trouble. He never. You know, of course, the cops came eventually, but he didn't say he saw us carrying away a so the teacher, bunch of empty bottle. Okay, so you hit the teacher. You guys were drinking, and the teacher never like ratted you out to anybody at that, the school. That is correct. Wow, wow. It's I mean, it's not quite uh, to the level classroom. of letting letting the kids uh, sword fight in the classroom, but that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah I got that. All right, Dale, I appreciate your call, buddy. That line's open, 937-457-1290. I'm going to do a quick uh, email real quick Sit here. Sit back down and shut your trap. It's time for mail call. 
message for you, son. You should see a fan mail. You got a message. I got your letter. Amazing what you can accomplish by mail. Congratulations, Skippy. You've got mail. Again, the email address, eveningedgetodd at gmail.com. Hey, Todd, did you know today was National Tooth Fairy Day? Now, I will say I got this last night. So I did some research, and yes, yesterday apparently was National Tooth Fairy Day. One of two days during the year that National Tooth Fairy Day is celebrated. It's also celebrated, I guess, in August. Why it has two days, I don't know. Uh, but the email continues, I had no idea there was such a thing, but I thought you should know. I love your show, Kayla in Centerville. So uh, I didn't know that. I had no clue uh, that there was a National Tooth Fairy Day. But just out of curiosity, I wanted to see and ask, what's the going rate for a tooth uh, these days from the Tooth Fairy? I mean, when I was a kid, I'd get a silver dollar, and that was it. So I did a little research and apparently, uh, the national average for a Tooth Fairy gift, I can't believe that they actually did this, but Del- Del- Delta Dental did a poll. It has risen from $2 in 2001 to more than $6 in 2023. And some parents who, uh, I guess, were interviewed by the Wall Street Journal revealed that the gifts are becoming even more and more extravagant from the Tooth Fairy including cash, video games, designer jewelry, and even iPhones. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Kids are getting gifts for losing teeth from the Tooth Fairy? I think a, a, a dollar, silver dollar is good enough, right? So what do you, uh, what's the Tooth Fairy bring to your house? I'd be curious to know. It's the Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now, 937-457-1290, or message him at Evening Edge Todd. Locally grown, seriously funny, on WHIO. Everybody, could I uh, have your attention, please? I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Now, hold on, dummy. Just you listen to me. Now, listen to me carefully. Boy's got something to say to me. Why don't you talk into the microphone? It's the Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call me at 457-1290. Locally grown, seriously funny on WHIO. Back here on the Evening Edge, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7. Watch the live stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Stitch every night from 5 to 7. Uh, ask the question, the going rate for uh, a tooth from the Tooth Fairy. And I only bring it up. We had a, an email from uh, an edgehead saying that uh, yesterday was National Tooth Fairy Day. I didn't. How did she get a date? And I'm assuming it's a she. Or am I being sexist? I don't know, like Cupid's a male, right? Tooth Fairy's female, at least in my head. Easter Bunny? Male? I don't know. Uh, Of course, Santa's uh, a dude. I don't know what else, uh, what other uh, Groundhog's Day? You don't know, right? St. Patrick's Day? Leprechaun's a dude. I don't know. Uh, but if you have an idea 
at uh, what the Tooth Fairy is uh, is bringing uh, these days. I'd love to know. Some people on the uh, live stream said, uh, and this seems to be, it's like two bucks, two bucks for a tooth. Uh, unless it's the first one, then it's five dollars. Uh, one person uh, commented that it was, uh, let's see, it was she a uh, dollar, and then uh, miraculously a twenty dollar bill showed up the next morning. So somebody uh, somebody came in and uh, after the tooth fairy, I guess I don't know. Nine three seven four five seven twelve ninety. John in Fairborn, what's up, John? Well. Uh... I hope you never try to outdo the teacher with swords because uh, <laughs> no. that's uh, more like uh, I can't outdo it, but I, I'm glad I can't. But uh, she must have been a crack baby. There's no <laughs> way around that. That's insanity. But I had, you know, things that I you, you took um, for granted that you went through some violent episodes with teachers. Um, two instances with me was when I third grade, I went to a Catholic grade school and the nuns didn't put, they were like military. Sure. They did, yeah. You got a great education, but they didn't put up with anything. Right. And right. so you had the chalkboard and behind the chalkboard was the cloakroom where you put your jacket and your lunch. Mm-hmm. And if the, te- if the nun caught you not paying attention, she would snatch you by the collar, pull you behind into right. the cloakroom. Yeah. And slam you up against the wall, and the chalk would come flying off the chalkboard. Wow. And you yeah. just took it for granted. But the one case where I didn't expect it was when I was in seventh grade, and I had this teacher, and I, as a joke, I had a, a, a pound eraser. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It was literally a pound. A pound? Uh, yeah, you had an eraser that like, weighed a pound. Yes, it weighed a pound. That's why I got it like a joke. Okay. And instead of like <laughs> erasing, you know, with your little eraser on the end of your pencil, sure, sure, I, sure. I would pull it out just for jokes and and do this. Well, this teacher, <laughs> he snatched it from me with, without any explanation. I thought he was yeah. going to throw it in the trash. He put it on his desk, and what he would use it for whenever there was a quiz, if anyone got the answer wrong, he would throw that thing as hard as he could and hit you upside the head. Oh, he used it as a projectile. A pre- projectile, and he was a former college pitcher. Wow. <laughs> I know some kids had a slight concussion. Man, oh, man. Imagine going home and telling your mom and dad, I got clubbed up against side of the head with a uh, with a giant eraser. Well, that was the times. No yeah. one said anything. Right, yeah. I got yeah, you. Well, well, anyway, it wasn't a sword, so I, I, I feel like I got out easy. I, uh, I appreciate your call, John. I, I I had a teacher in junior high where it wasn't so much that he did something crazy like that. Like he didn't, you know, he didn't let us uh, fight with swords or anything of that nature. But if there was ever a fight like out on, uh, I, I call it a playground. It was junior high. It wasn't really a playground, but it was sort of a parking area where you'd all go out and hang out, you know, and just whatever after lunch that occasionally there would be a fight. And he'd let them fight until one of them was on the ground. And then, you know, if one goes on the ground, lots of times the other one's on the ground, and that's when he would step in. So, you know, if you had a couple of uh, 13-year-olds out there sort of sparring, going at it, he just let them go. And, they're, you know, the big circle, you know, people would kind of surround them. 
and they just beat the living daylights out of each other until they hit the ground. It's a little bit like, uh, well, that's what hockey referees do, right? You watch a hockey game, they just let them uh, beat each other up until one of them goes down, and then everybody just piles on top of them and separates them. Uh, but that's probably the craziest thing that uh, that I saw <laughs> um, a teacher do. I, I just couldn't th- I couldn't think of anything. I mean, I've talked about, um, you know, John was talking about being disciplined a- a- as a kid and uh, how times have changed. Teachers can't really get away with that anymore. Um, I remember being at a in a fire drill, and I had one of those. And if you remember this, back in the seventies. They had these big combs. You'd have this big comb sticking out of your back pocket. It was like a trendy thing, these big combs. And uh, I had one in my back pocket, and the kid behind me uh, pulled it out of my pocket while we were standing outside uh, for this fire drill. And as you know, when you're, when you're in school, you have a fire drill, you keep your mouth shut. You're not supposed to talk. You're just supposed to follow the line, go outside. They take attendance. You wait there for five minutes, then you go back in. Well, this kid took the comb out of my pocket and I turned around to, you know, say something. And within a second, the teacher with her grade book right on top of my head. Whammo. Whammo. And uh, boy, oh boy, I, I remember that. I remember the teacher's name. It was Mrs. Carmack. She was tough. She was tough. And uh, that was last time I talked in a <laughs> in a fire drill. Uh, 937-457-1290. Uh, we've got, uh, well, let's just call it drunk and disorderly story. Drunk and disorderly. Drunk and disorderly. Drunk and disorderly. Drunk and disorderly. Are you drunk? All right, get him out there. Get under arrest. Drunk and disorderly. Well, this happened uh, in, I've never heard of this town. It's in Ontario. Ajax. Ajax, Ontario. A uh, 42-year-old man was arrested last week, not once, but twice on the same day. Now, this is just, you know, criminals are dumb. We know that, right? Uh, his first arrest was the morning of February 20th. We'll both happen that day. Cops were called to a restaurant on a uh, report of a drunk man causing a disturbance. <laughs> The man, whose identity has not been dis- uh, disclosed, was reportedly uh, failing to comply with cops and uh, when they ordered him to vacate the premises, culminating in his arrest for uh, public intoxication. So to try to de-escalate the situation, the cops released the man into his mother's care, <laughs> a move that was expected to put an end to the day's drama. However, uh according to this story, and whoever wrote this, pretty good with words, the narrative took a remarkable twist when later in the day the man decided to drive himself to the police station to complain about his arrest earlier that morning. But upon arrival, officers quickly surmised the man was still under the influence, and he admitted to them that he had driven himself to the station. A uh, subsequent breath test confirmed that he was impaired, And he was arrested for the second time that day uh, for an alcohol-related offense. Lost his license for 90 days, and his car was impounded. So, uh, yeah, he drove himself to complain about being arrested for being intoxicated. And he was intoxicated. So, again, 
you know, criminals are dumb. Uh, Bobby in the Berg. What's going on, Bobby? What's going on? We're probably about the same age, kind of grew up about the same time, but this was, this happened in high school. I went, I went to Mimersburg. Okay. And I'll keep the teacher's name out of it, but had a had a teacher in high school that was just an actually absolute piece of work all the time. Right. And it was a female, and um, you know, back in the day, I don't know if now, but I mean, a couple of teachers we had were had drinking problems. <laughs> I'm it still exists. You, know, you hear it all the time. You yeah. know. So we decided to uh, fix uh, an English teacher. I'll keep her name out of it, but. Uh, <laughs> She uh, she would always assign something, and she was kind of a witch about assigning things and nasty and what have you. So yeah. we decided to uh, – she'd always leave the class to go down to the teacher's lounge. And, of course, you know, you never knew what was going on at the teacher's lounge. You heard you heard rumors. You heard innuendo. Yeah, whether it's smoking <laughs> or, or having a little cough syrup, uh, a pick-me-up between classes, what have you. Yeah. But uh, you couldn't do this now, but we uh, we put mint X-lax in our coffee mug. Oh. Wow. Now, see, you know, you hear stories about that from time to time, and uh, th- those kids end up uh, getting arrested. Well, you can't do that now. Right, I mean, right. Back in the day, it was like tomfoolery, and it was just kind right. of like, oh, my God, here we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is It is interesting, and, and um, you, you hear stories like this more often because, and we've talked about it, people are a little more unhinged now than they used to be. Oh, yeah. uh, especially, I would imagine, in very stressful situations and environments, and I would consider uh, a school being one of those environments. I mean, I oh, yeah. I know retired teachers who are like they loved teaching, but would never do it again. Like oh, in, no. in today's and, world, they're like, fact, forget it. We had a couple of teachers that, that had like known drinking problems, and I'm like, they were they snap at at a moment's notice, and I'm like. Hey, yeah. I don't know what they do nowadays the way there's no discipline in schools now, and it's just kind of like, oh, my gosh, they would make it a day. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Bobby, I appreciate your call, buddy. Uh, hey, take care, man. Thanks for calling from the Berg. The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now, 937-457-1290, or message him at Evening Edge Todd. Locally grown, seriously funny on WHIO told me to turn on the radio. The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now, 937-457-1290 or message him at Evening Edge Todd. Locally grown, seriously funny on WHIO. Back here on the Evening Edge, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7. A few minutes on uh, a few minutes ago on the live stream, I was talking about this video that's going around of a naked woman in Venice Beach, California. Fighting another woman who's clothed, but that woman, the clothed woman, has a club with uh, with spikes in it, and they're going at it. And surprisingly, the naked woman won. I don't know what she had. I don't know if she. It might have been a machete. <laughs> Who knows? Or a sword. But at least she had some sort of weapon. But uh, that video's. Uh, going around and i just saw it on fox so you might want to check it out uh let's see rick in miamisburg hey rick hey todd how you doing i'm well uh listen i just got back in the car and i heard you guys talking about teachers and 
shenanigans. Shenanigans. Uh, I went to the Berg uh, back in the day when Fred Flintstone and Barney were gone. But anyway, <laughs> um, they, you know, in the old days, they used to have, like when you had health class or gym class, uh, those guys that taught them were usually one of the coaches or something, like a football coach yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, that makes Everybody sense. I had to take health class. I had a health class. I had this big old football coach for a health teacher, and he was one of them over-the-top guys. Sure, Big old sure. hands, big football player. Right. I saw him throw one of those uh, quarter erasers in big pink ones. I seen him bounce one of them off a guy's head one day. But anyway... <laughs> He he had huge hands, and he had this big, huge college ring. Oh, And uh, wow. I don't know, maybe it was a football championship ring or something. And there was a guy in the front row of the of the health class, and he dozed off. And I see everybody noticed that he dozed off, and it got real quiet. Yeah. And I seen him stand up out of his chair, and I saw him turn that ring over backwards oh, toward no. his palm oh. and reach out and whack this guy on the head. Wow. And I'm telling you, it sounded like when we were kids and we'd hit rocks with yeah. baseball bats. Oh, yeah. Correct. Yeah, you uh, know, Needless to say, it got his attention. Well, that, that reminded me of something that happened to me in a government class. And I remember my teacher, and, and this was back in the 80s, okay? And I was just, I was a high school student. I think I was a senior. And I asked the question, Again, this was back in the uh, in the days of the arms race, okay, between the Soviet Union and the United States. And I just sure. asked the question about, you know, why do we keep building all these weapons when we can blow the world up 20 times over? Whatever. It's a, a kind of question that an 18-year-old might ask. He walked to my desk. I was about the fifth one, like fifth row. He walks up with a wooden uh, pointer and slams it down on my desk scares the living daylights out of me and everybody else. And he goes, did that scare you? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, that's why we buy and build all those nuclear weapons to scare the other person into submission. Interesting. Yeah, that was and that was an interesting uh, lesson that I learned that day. All right, Rick, I appreciate it, all buddy. Right. I got to go. Have a good one. Have a good one. Uh, coming up, we got a couple of uh, dog stories. We got a damn it dog and I'm a good dog story. And these are really good. I'm, I can't wait to. What am I listening to now? What is this? The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. It's a radio show, it's entertainment. Coming up, Punk. T. Double D. H. Double L. F. T. I can remember that. Locally grown, seriously funny. I'm puzzled by the whole thing. On WHIO. All right, that's time. We have a show on the road. I've been waiting for it all day. And not a moment too soon. Listen to talk radio. This guy, Todd. Monday through Friday. Five to seven. He's weird. Best thing on the radio. It's the Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call me now, 937-457-1290. Locally grown, seriously funny on WHIO. Why don't you get a job, Spicoli? What for? You need money. <laughs> All I need are some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. It is the Evening Edge, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7. We've been talking about uh, crazy teacher stories. We had a, uh, a story at the beginning of the show. Teacher in uh, New Mexico fired after one of her students was severely injured during an in-class sword fight. 
<laughs> and that just kind of got us going on uh, crazy uh, stories that uh, you know teachers may have done or that we witnessed. And uh, Leslie, who watches our uh, live stream, just commented with this, and I, <laughs> this is great. She said, in fifth grade, uh, I watched the news every evening. The teacher asked us to name some products from Colombia, the country of Colombia. And uh, Leslie answered. Uh, she raised her hand and said, cocaine. And apparently that was enough for a trip to the principal's office. But she's not wrong. She's not wrong. Come on. Come on. Uh, so if you got one of those uh, crazy stories, 937-457-129. It's also leap day. Uh, you know, it's leap year, whatever. And uh, we are also looking for maybe a woman who proposed to her husband because the tradition is uh, uh, primarily in uh, Great Britain. Uh, if uh, on leap day, every four years, the tradition is, is that's when women who are sick and tired of waiting for their partners to propose can turn about and ask them. Now, of course, in today's world, you don't need a day to do that. At one time you did. That was the law uh, back in the days of Queen, uh, let's see, Queen, uh, some old queen. But um, if you got a story like that, maybe you proposed 937-457-1290. Uh, we have a Dammit Dog. The Misadventures of Dammit Dog. Dammit Dog! Well, you know we love our dogs, and sometimes they do crazy things. And uh, this is a story from Mobile, Alabama. Uh, I've never been to Mobile. I've been to Bir Birmingham. Uh, but I've never been to uh, Mobile, at least not that I remember. I, maybe we went through Mobile. I don't know. Uh, a Cane Corso dog, and this is a big dog, pretty big dog, uh, named Bear. And I'm surprised I hadn't heard about this story. For a, nearly a year, this dog, Bear, has been roaming the streets of Mobile. Mobile. <laughs> I knew I was going to do that. Mobile, Alabama, with a boxy trash can on top of its head. So... It's a trash can that they think the dog was rooting through. And somehow this trash can lid got stuck on his head. And for nearly a year, they tried to trap this dog. They tried to catch this dog. And they couldn't do it. He was too quick. The traps didn't work that they uh, set. Humane tra traps, right? They didn't work because the box on his head, the trash can lid. There's pictures of it. You, you got to see it. It's on, uh, it's on social media. Uh, but anyway, uh, they, finally, they finally caught Bear uh, this last week. Um, they, uh, their efforts included a chemical capture with a dark gun or sedative, a, a net gun, and even cornering the dog with 10 people. And they couldn't do it. He was just too quick. And they knew that he was still feeding because over the last year, you know, he wasn't withering away, thankfully. He was still uh, able to eat. Um, they said that releasing Bear from the trash can was uh, made more difficult 
Yeah, because the traps were ineffective. Last week, they finally caught the dog and were able to remove the trash can from his head. But then, as soon as they got the uh, the trash can lid off his head, he, he bolted. He took off. And he's still on the loose. But now, he's uh, traveling much lighter. Uh, and they believe uh, Bear was rooting uh, through a trash can looking for food when it got stuck. Uh, so, yeah, that happens. That happens. Let me take Daryl real quick. Hey, Daryl, what's going on in Xenia? Hey, uh, I got a teacher's story for you. When I was in grade school, small country grade school, the uh, principal liked to be our umpire of our baseball game that we would have every day at noon. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're playing, and I'm playing second base. And uh, he, he called the guy safe. And I had him tagged out. Yeah. And I didn't know at this point in time that you should never refute a uh, umpire. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so I said, I had him tagged out. And he walked back from, he, he always uh, did his umpiring from right behind the pitcher. Right, yeah. And he walked back to me and slapped me on the face. Wow. And... <laughs> I was, I was so, uh, well, I was probably a fifth grader, and I was so freaked by it that I peed a little bit in my <laughs> pants. I didn't like pee them all the way. Or no, anything, I got you. I got you. Yeah. But I tell you what, any, in this day and age, that guy would have never had oh, a job anywhere yeah. from there on out. Yeah. But, uh, it taught me something. I thought it was a good thing in the end because it taught me, you know. You don't talk back to the umpire. Right, right. And did you know that it was your, did you, I mean, you knew it was your principal, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. I get that. I get so, that. Just so maybe if anybody, he's dead, long dead, uh, anybody that might know him, his, his, he had a funny name too. Wiley was his first name and Manker was his last name. Wink. So hopefully, there's none of his family out there. Did you say? Wait, 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 wait. Did you say Yanker or <laughs> Manker? M-A-N-K-E-R. Oh, oh, Manker. Okay. All right. I just <laughs> you said Wiley. I thought, wow, that's a that's a tough name to have as a uh, school principal, if you know what I mean. All right, Daryl. Yeah. I appreciate your call, buddy. Uh, that line's open nine three seven four five seven twelve ninety. All right. Now we have a good dog story. Uh, I'm a good dog. I'm a good dog. I'm a good dog. Try to balance the yes, good, good stories dog, with the dog, crazy damn it dog stories. I'm a good dog. I'm a good. I'm a real. Well, I'm a, I'm a real. I'm a good. I'm a, what I'm trying to tell you is that I'm a real good dog. See, I'm a good dog. I'm a good dog. I'm a good dog. Well, this story uh, takes place in Clawson, Michigan, and it has to do with a dog named. Aries and Aries unfortunately was riding in a car uh, last week that was involved in a car accident. And um, after the accident, the dog got loose and took off. And this has happened before. It's not uncommon. It's not uncommon, uh, especially if if the driver might be incapacitated or you know is is uh, uh, trapped in the car, but yet the dog manages to get out or the dogs, you know, could be flipped out of the car or whatever, thrown from the window, that kind of thing. 
Uh, I remember this happened a year or so ago um, in Montana, and it was a uh, an accident, and the dog went nuts and fled, and they didn't find him for almost a, a week and a half. Uh, but Aries knew exactly what he was doing when he got out of the uh, car or, or fled the scene, I guess. Shortly after the accident, Aries showed up at the doggy daycare he goes to about a mile away. So this dog, you know, he apparently, I'm going to give him credit, he was running for help. You know, his uh, his driver, or his, uh, his owner, his uh, caregiver was just in a car accident. So Aries took off and uh, wound up at the Houndstown Daycare. Houndstown Daycare. And the owner there was surprised to see the Pitbull Mix doggy come sprinting up to the front door. Uh, Aries' owner says her dog has been going there for a few years and must have recognized the area. And he knew where he was going. Uh, surveillance video shows the pup running up to the door before jumping up and down as if he was looking for help. That's pretty cool. Uh, but no one was in, in, injured in the crash, so that's good. And uh, Aries was uh, reunited, of course, with uh, with his owner. So, uh, but that's a good good dog story, right? Nine three seven four five seven twelve ninety. Brian and Dave, what's up, Brian? Hey, hey. You were talking about the uh, school crap. I remember uh, being in Ronnington Trail. We was uh, in a uh, home ec cooking uh, breakfast, and he messed the food up, and I was really hungry, and uh, we started feeding each other with eggs. And he, uh, he, he got sent to the office, the principal started laughing, he laughing, he tell her that I paddled both of you go back to class. You, you know, wait a second, you were hitting each other with eggs? <laughs> yeah, I was hungry, and he thought it was, he was messing me. Yeah, I, I can imagine that happening in home, Mac. <laughs> For sure. All right, Brian, I appreciate it. I couldn't understand what he said there at the end, but, uh, you know, you're throwing eggs at each other. That could be fun. What am I listening to now? What is this? The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. It's a radio show. It's entertainment. Fill it up. T. Double D. H. Double L. S. T. I can remember that. Locally grown. Seriously funny. I'm puzzled by the whole thing. On WHIO. What do we know about this guy, Mr. Hot Stuff? The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now, 937-457-1290, or message him at Evening Edge Todd. Locally grown, seriously funny, on WHIO. Back here on the Evening Edge, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7. You can watch the live stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Stitch. Every weeknight from uh, 5 to 7 when we're on, live. Remember, uh, I think it was last year, early last year, the Ocean Gate submersible. This is the uh, submersible that uh, the the homemade submersible, submersible uh, Titan. This is the one that was uh, taking some fi- uh, people down to uh, see the Titanic, and they lost uh, lost communication with it, and then it suffered a catastrophic implosion. That was a huge story. Remember that? Well, there's actually a documentary that's uh, coming out on uh, March 6th and 7th. Um, It's called uh, The Titan Sub-Disaster Minute by Minute. And I think it's on Discovery. For some reason in the story, it doesn't say, but you could just Google it. Um, 
there is a uh, this is interesting. They show or play a clip that they believe may be the people inside after they lost communication. You know, after they lost communication and lost uh, the signal and the whole tracking deal, they mounted a search. And there was a uh, Canadian Air Force, uh, I guess, uh, plane that was doing some searching. And they heard what sounded like pounding coming from an area close to where the submersible had disappeared. And I got a clip of it. And this is this is the real deal. Now, some some people are saying this is not the survivors. This could actually be, uh, you know, one of the other vessels that was out doing the searching. But they really think that this might have been the last attempt at trying to communicate the, the folks that were inside the Titan, you know, trying to let people know, hey, we're still alive. We're still alive. But here's the clip. Listen to this. Now, they have more. That's just a small clip. That's all that was in the story that I saw. But the point that they make is that it sounds like somebody doing like, right? It sounds like there, there's like a rhythm to it. It's not something that you might necessarily hear on a vessel. And of course, that is enhanced and uh, the sound is, is, is heightened. But, um, but it should be interesting. I, I want to watch this. Uh, and again, it's the Titan Sub Disaster Minute by Minute. Just Google it. It's going to be on for two nights, March 6th and 7th. Uh, 937-457-1290. Uh, let's talk to Jill in Germantown. Is that right? Is this Jill? Yes, it is. Oh, cool. I'm glad because uh, William, my producer, wasn't sure uh, if it was Jill or something else. So he got yes. it right. Yes, he did. <laughs> All right. What's going on, Jill? Well, my thing of school is the fact that I had a sixth grade math teacher, and she was very short, and she was um, had glasses and so forth. And back in the day, the kids used to use an eraser, you know, to erase the chalkboard and stuff. And she'd leave them dirty on lined up there. If you didn't pay attention, she'd smack you in the face with it, and she would dead <laughs> it would dead hit you in the face. Right? Yeah. I, I at some point. Uh... You know, erasers, they were handy. They were right there. At some point when the kids were acting up, just an easy thing to grab, right? Oh, yeah. It'll get your attention. It probably wouldn't hurt you too badly, you know, maybe in, unless you got it in the eye. But right. uh, generally, uh, I don't know that an eraser is going to do, uh, just like standard uh, chalkboard eraser is going to do much damage. But, no, it's uh, not, but it woke him up. Oh, sure. It woke you up. And uh, you know, and you would go out there because there'd be talk all over your face, and everybody knows that Mrs. <laughs> Bots hit you. <laughs> That's great, Jill. Thanks for your story. I appreciate it. 937-457-1290. It's the Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now, 937-457-1290, or message him at Evening Edge Todd. Locally grown, seriously funny on WHIO. And now, with your permission, I'm going to do my stuff. Could this day get any more fantastic? Let's get on with it. It's the Evening Edge with Todd Holtz. Call me at 457-1290. Locally grown, seriously funny on WHIO.
back here on the Evening Edge, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7. Watch live stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Stitch. Of course, today is uh, Leap Day. This one day, every uh, four years, we get an extra day in the month of February. And we had a story, I don't know, a week or two ago about a uh, woman who was celebrating her 100th birthday today. But it was only like her 32nd birthday because it's every four, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And I asked the question, I'm like, are there any uh, edgeheads out there who uh, have a birthday today? And I didn't hear from anybody, but I found this story. There's a family in Payson, Utah. And they have five children, okay? Five children. Uh, One is named Xavier. He's five. One is named Remington. He's four. No, wait a second. How does this work? That can't be. Something's not right here. They say in this story that mom has given birth to not one, but not two, but three leap year babies. So that would mean if she's got three kids, five, four, and three, she'd be having them one year after the other, right? Yeah. But yet in the story, they're saying that they had their babies, three of their kids, on leap year. Something screwy here. I don't know about this story. They say, this is what they say, the first one was unintentional, the second one just happened, and the third one is the one they actually tried on purpose. I guess you can induce labor. If you're measuring up by leap years, oh, maybe, oh there it is. That's what it is. They're measuring up by leap years. Xavier's five, Remington's four, Jade is three. But the, I don't know. There's something weird about that. That's one. It, see, I don't math. <laughs> this is one of those math stories. Why did I even bring that to the show? Anyway, nine three seven four five seven twelve ninety. I thought it'd be interesting, but I guess not. Uh, Grandpa Mike in Dayton. What's up, Grandpa Mike? Yeah, turn your radio down. Gotta turn your radio down. Folks, when you call in, turn your radio down. Can you give me one second? I'm pulling into Deeds Park, <laughs> and I have a policeman right behind me, so I... <laughs> Wait, are you, did you just get stopped? I don't want to talk while I'm on my phone. Give me, just give me one second. Okay. Wait and a second. Good. Oh, wait, wait a I second. I apologize. But uh, I'm going to pull right here real quick. I just stopped going. I want to keep your time up. I appreciate you for still there. I, I'm, I'm still here. So you, have you been pulled over by the police? No, 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 no. I'm oh, in the oh. oh, I got you. I thought <laughs> no, no, I thought we were going to – suddenly it was going to be, uh, you know, uh, cops or something. And uh... Well, you might have to make me out if that's the case. Yeah, but anyway, real quick. You saw my dog before? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah. um, I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, originally from New York. And okay. We had a half German Shepherd, half Airedale. And uh, we'd go to New York for a week in the summer, and we'd go to Ocean City, Maryland for a, for a week, back to back. We'd always kennel the dog. Where we lived from the kennel was about three miles. Okay. And for about a three, four-year stretch, Every year we get back, 
He got inside. We live in a neighborhood where everybody let their dogs run. You could do that. Nobody had a problem. And he disappeared. The kennel would call up and say, uh, your dog's here. <laughs> wow. So he knew where he was going. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And it was a good about three-mile stretch yeah. through some woods and stuff. But, no, he'd always show up back there. That's awesome. That's awesome. So anyway. Gra- Grandpa Mike, I'm going to let you go. Your, your phone was kind of crackling there a little bit and hurting my head. Uh, but thank you for that. That's pretty cool that the dog knew where he was going. But, but you see dogs with their head out of the car window all the time catching the wind in their face. So clearly they're paying attention, and they're also probably going by smell because dogs have a terrific sense of smell. Uh, let's talk to uh, Richard and Xenia. What's up, Richard? Uh, I was just wanting to tell you about a story. When I was, I believe I was in the fifth grade, mm-hmm. and the teacher picked up this this boy. I, I know his name, but this boy, and put him in the trash can butt first. <laughs> Wow. Now that's pretty yeah. impressive. That's impressive. I don't know what he did. I just yeah. turned around and there he was picking him up, putting him in the trash can. I did that to my sister once at home. <laughs> she was yeah, acting up. It's hard to pick up a twenty yeah. five year old and put him in the trash can like that. It's crazy. <laughs> All right, Richard, I appreciate it. All right. Well Leslie, uh she's uh she's she's great. She's watching the live stream. She's figured it out. Um, so the, the kids in that, uh, story problem that I couldn't figure out because like I said, I don't math, uh, the oldest kid is 20, the middle is 16 and the youngest is 12. That's the story. If you're going by leap years though, they're only five, six and whatever it was. So that makes sense. Okay. Thank you. See, I just, this is why I do a radio talk show and I'm not teaching math. Uh, we have a Florida woman. Gotta know your strengths and weaknesses. She's really wild, yeah, doing it trailer style. She'll pull a razor, carries a taser, trash a bar, steals a car. She's the one mama said stay far away from. Yeah, she's a Florida woman. A Florida woman working as a stripper at the Body Talk Topless in Port St. Lucie, Florida, was arrested after cops say uh, she hit a patron in the face with a small stack of cash after the patron refused to give her a tip. Well, look, those girls, and I think we have some music for that, don't we? That's not really... That's not stripper music. That's more like porn music. Here we go. Here, This is what we wanted. There we go. Little Motley Crew. Uh, the victim told cops that he was uh, talking to several employees of the establishment about his career, which all strippers love. They love to be engaged in conversation by their patrons uh, by talking about their careers. Uh, and acknowledged that the women were upset he had not provided them with any tips. Uh, The man, apparently uh, ignorant of strip joint etiquette, uh, said that he did not see any signs stating that it was mandatory to tip. The employees were upset that the victim had not thrown money at them, which is, I guess, common practice. I wouldn't know. I guess that's what happens at strip clubs. 
A friend of the victim told police that the man was drunk. Oh, well, there's a surprise. Drunk at a strip club. Uh, had been, uh, he'd been talking about having a lot of money and not wanting to bribe a tip and following the strippers around the club, insulting them, insulting them. Where's the bouncer at this time? Every, every decent strip club, from what I hear, has a, uh, a pretty good bouncing staff. According to cops, a 28-year-old stripper picked up a small stack of money and threw it towards the victim and uh, struck him in the face. Uh, she claimed the cash was uh, tossed in a non-aggressive man- manner, but she did end up smacking him with an open hand across the face. So she was arrested. Florida woman stripper arrested for tossing cash. Uh, let's talk to uh, Joe and Tip. What's up, Joe? Hey, what's going on, big guy? How are you? Hey, great. Alex says hi. I'm Alex's dad. Oh, pottery. yes, yes. How's she doing? Is she doing well? Yeah, excellent, brother. Excellent. Excellent. I got a humorous story. Both my parents were teachers. Oh, wow. Her grandparents. Yep. My dad was an industrial arts teacher. So he always kept like this 12 or 18 inches, where it's four feet long when you're a kid. Yeah. Uh, eraser in his sink. Wet. Oh, wow. And when one of his kids would act up, they would get plastered, literally, with a, with with a this wet uh, eraser. With a wet, chalk-filled oh. eraser. Wow, that is quality. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody in the school then knew he had the nickname of Wolfman. <laughs> and uh, everybody knew... When he got tagged, someone yeah. got tagged by the wolf band. What was that like was, having uh, going to a school with uh, with your parent or parents being teachers? Well, I was one of the brothers that lucked out. I did not go to the same school my dad taught at. Ah, okay. I was I was the last in line, and um, but however, the teachers did ask me, tell me you're the last one of the Gothier boys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So, I but wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be smacked with a wet eraser. That's for sure. Oh, a uh, big over floppy. That, you know they, yeah, you know they had a wood center in them, right? Oh uh, yeah, they, yeah. I do kind of remember yeah. that. Yeah. Hey, but anyway, great show. Oh, Love thank your you. Show. You thank do you. a great job, and thank you very much. Of course, thank you. I appreciate it. Very nice. What a nice call. Uh, let's talk to uh, Matt and Kettering. Hey, Matt. Hey, I love the show, man. I thank love you, it. thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm in sales, and I get back in town. I, I you know, but I, I get the station on all the time. WHI. I listen to the the tornadoes. Um, oh, so you um, you're talking about? Um, I got a teacher story, but yeah. my dad's birthday today, born 1929, and he's leap year baby. And, but we always, uh, you know, celebrate on 28th. Yeah, that's what so, this other family I was talking about. Apparently, yeah, they every year they have a big party on the twenty eighth. Yeah, Three of that navigator and so on. But, anyways, the the, the teacher story. This is a um, mid seventies Kettering uh, junior high. Mm-hmm. I won't say. I'll just say his name is Chris. So you have shop class, you got medals, and you got woods class. And so um, there was a paddle hanging on by the desk of the teacher. And you just kind of knew that if you messed up in class, there's the paddle sitting there. Well, his name was Chris, and whatever he did, I don't know if it was a guard thing, but you're making things for your parents, a shadow box. Right, yeah. And you're whatnot. And so at the end of the class, and so in front of all the kids, the boys, uh, Chris had to bend over and take a whack. And this guy was not 
he had muscles. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I don't know if he played football. I don't know what. I can tell you the teacher's name and the student's name, but I'm not going to go there. But, <laughs> but, uh, Keep yeah, it anonymous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was Kettering, Kettering Middle School here over. Um, and, yeah, so – and we all – now we're going, shh, all hush, hush. We're, we're amongst ourselves. We're talking about it, but it never got out into, like – because you can't do that now. No way, you can't. Yeah, <laughs> no, you can't do that. Yeah. So that's what I, that's all I got. I think they used to call those paddles the Board of Education, didn't they? There, there you go. Amen, bro. I think they did. Yeah, so yeah. I know. I know. I hear some of the Catholic stories, the nuns and so on. But this was public school, and now you, I don't know what they do with the teacher. They go to court and they, I don't know. But that was all. Yeah. But that's how we grew up. I got you. I got you, Matt. Thanks for calling, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, Ted in Union City. What's up, Ted? Ed. Oh, Ed. I'm sorry. Everybody <laughs> take a drink. Uh, William, my producer, put Ted down. It's actually Ed. Uh, if you're playing the Evening Edge drinking game, take a shot. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Ed. All right. I just wanted to say my daughter had her doctor's appointment today. She's due any day, but it's a cesarean. Oh, and the doctor wanted to put her in today, and she's like, absolutely not. You put me in after midnight. <laughs> ah, that's, uh, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you don't want to have to deal with that. You know, put that sort of uh, burden on the kid. You right. Know? Well, she she refused, and the yeah. doctor said, okay, I understand. So she's having the baby tomorrow. <laughs> right. And and it makes, I mean, it makes sense. If she goes in tonight, you can just say, well, we're just going to wait until 12.01, right. you know, and then uh, the baby will be a March 1st baby. Yeah, well, she's got to be at the hospital at 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> well, good luck. Do you know if you're having a boy or a girl? It's a girl, and it's going to be my 12th grandchild. Holy <laughs> cow. Have they, yep. uh, have they come up with a name yet? I, I didn't ask. Okay. All right. And that's well, between him and my son and his wife. <laughs> no, nah, I got you. Well, let me let me know and make sure everything comes out okay. Okay. And I didn't mean it the way that sounded, but but you know what I mean. I hope it all works out. I got you. Thank okay. you. Okay. Thanks, buddy. There you go. Nine three seven four five seven twelve ninety. Yeah, I got to go to a break here. We'll be right back. I it's promise. It's the Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now. Nine three seven four five seven twelve ninety or message him at Evening Edge Todd. Locally grown, seriously funny on WHIO. And a top. Uh, uh, Tom, what were you again? The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now, 937-457-1290, or message him at Evening Edge Todd. Locally grown, seriously funny, on WHIO. Back here on the Evening Edge, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7. Watch the live stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Stitch. Uh, real quickly, Tim in Beaver Creek. What's going on, Tim? Oh, hey. Um, this is about fourth grade. Uh, we had a teacher. Uh, she was in an accident and lost her uh, left arm just oh. above the elbow. Oh. And if you did something worthy of punishment, she'd bring you up to the front of the class and she'd bend your fingers back with that stub and give you a good whack across the oh palm of your God. hand with a three-corner ruler. <laughs> that? And that sounds like really torment. But <laughs> it was worse having that grizzly stub bend your oh fingers back. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> been taking the hit um, on the palm with that ruler. That sounds like cruel and unusual punishment. Oh, my gosh, Tim. Thank you for that. Can you imagine that? Oh, my gosh. Unsettling and painful. That's hardcore, man. That is hardcore. Whew. 
That's a good one to end the show with. <laughs> well, thank you for all your calls and all your stories about your crazy teachers. That's awesome. Uh, you can get the podcast of the show at eveningedgetod.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. It's all over the place. You can just Google Evening Edge with Todd. Follow me on social media at Evening Edge Todd. And send me an email, eveningedgetod at gmail.com. Have a terrific Thursday night, and we will be back tomorrow just after 5 here on the Evening Edge. I'm saying it's over. I'm afraid that's all there is, my friend. A mediocre evening. Could have been worse. Death and show's over. Well, that was exhausting. No more fun, no refunds. Good night, Todd. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.